0: This is Sean Harwell, and you're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm joined today for this mini episode. I think this is 39.5. We lose track sometimes. We've done we've done a couple of these by now. My co-host, co-champion, co-creator, co-pilot, and co um, Cokehead, Cokehead uh, Roscoe <laughs> Pico Train, Mister um, Craig Moorhead, Esquire, the third. And
1: uh, yeah, and today uh, is uh, our mini episode. We're going to talk about things you have heard of in little uh, quick capsule segments to keep the information uh, robust, but the time spent very small. I like that. Thank you. It's it's super catchy. It just rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, so if if you're uh, you're just hearing us for the first time, you may be surprised to know that we have a website, neverheardpodcast.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at Never Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. Just Google Never Heard of It Podcast. You will most likely find us somewhere. We're on your iTunes. You could subscribe. Leave a, a review unless you hate it. And uh, feel free to suggest things, things to talk about in these mini episodes or movies to talk about.
0: Our most recent full episode, we talked about the 83. I'm going to call it a cult classic but just because it should be. It certainly is in certain circles. The movie is Get Crazy. It's Airplane Meets the Blues Brothers, directed by Alan Arkush of Rock and Roll High School fame. Go check that out. That was a fun episode. I enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, super fun movie. uh, And it's a great talk. Go and check that out and then check out the movie or vice versa, whichever order you want to do them in. But you should definitely uh, check them both out. So, Sean, what are we going to talk about today?
0: We're going to start today... With one of my absolute favorite filmmakers, and that is uh, Mr. P.T. Anderson, Paul Thomas. Love him. As you know him. And mm-hmm. the news has come out that he, his next movie has begun filming, and it's uh teaming him with the great Daniel Day-Lewis from There Will Be Blood. I can't remember. I don't think there's a title yet for this movie. Well, they have
1: a working title of Phantom Thread, apparently.
0: Oh, you're right. Thank you for reminding me of that. I couldn't remember that. It, it's called that, not because uh, I don't think it has anything to do with Phantom Menace. Well, I think we could be wrong. Could be wrong. It looks like it's it's set in the world of 1950s London fashion. And, boy, I don't know anything about that world. Nope. <laughs> so um, I, I'm excited to see what the heck they're going to cook up with this. Yeah. And I, it looks as if, and I'm pulling from an article from the film stage, which is citing other sources, but there are rumors that Mr. Anderson may be shooting this movie himself. He may serve as his own director of photography. Robert that's Elswit, great. who's his normal DP, is is confirmed as not doing it. So we know that at least. And yeah, that would that that's pretty interesting. There's only a handful of dudes that do that. And boy, that sounds like a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it surely does. And I was going to say too. You know, I remember when there There Will Be Blood was announced. I remember hearing what it was about. And sort of having a similar feeling as I feel about this one right now, which is kind of like, hmm, I, I, that doesn't get me super excited,
0: right? And then, and then there will
1: will be blood came out and just blew
0: my mind. It does feel like with that and the last couple of movies that he's done, he's definitely moving away from a very sort of formal narrative. Uh, or, yeah. or plot, you know, definitely like, a, not like a movie plot, at least right. versus, you know, even some of his other stuff, you know, Magnolia for all its craziness, you know, feels like a big ensemble, Robert Altman picture. Whereas, you know, now I just, the stuff he does just feels exclusively like a P.T. Anderson movie to to me and uh, obviously a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. This is all I really need. Like, just give me an interesting world and setting and like knowing sure. that, yeah, like uh, There Will Be Blood was... Said at the time that it was and it was about oil okay that's interesting the master is you know somewhat based on the formation of science Scientology okay I'm there you yeah. know and the same with yeah. like Inherent Vice oh it's a Thomas Pinchon novel set in you know 70s LA pseudo comedy film noir whatever Okay, I like that he's at that point where um, he can just sort of build a film around that, and that that's all they need to release as far <laughs> as you know, yeah. g- you know, garnering interest. And I-, I hope they will keep it that way. I'm not looking for spoilers on this movie whatsoever. You know, I think it will be about the experience. That said, do you have a favorite P.T. Anderson movie from his oeuvre?
1: Man, I, you know, I gotta say, still, and I mean, they're all very close to each other. I think Magnolia is still the one for me. Really. Uh, and, and and maybe even for for somewhat sentimental reasons, because like I had seen Boogie Nights and loved Boogie Nights, yeah. But like Magnolia, just I don't know, kind of beat me silly.
0: When's the last time you watched that movie?
1: Within the last year. Oh, no kidding. Yeah,
0: I bought the Blu-ray and I haven't I haven't watched it in a while. But uh, I'm excited to check that out, and then I know Criterion just put out Punch Drunk Love. I'm dying to see that again. It's been a while. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. Again, I gotta say they're all they're all close seconds. There are no thirds.
0: Yeah, uh, I I, um, yeah. I think I'm still in the Boogie Nights camp. Actually, I mean, I just yeah. I, that's such a it's such a good movie. It's such an interesting world, and it's it's fun. I think it's it's probably the most fun of his movies in a lot of ways. I don't know. I would probably say there will be blood is, is maybe the best as far as the craft of it all. Uh, Maybe. Um, I don't know. Sure. I really liked inherent vice. I know a lot of people didn't quite get on board with that one. Any of these movies that he's done, I think especially of like the last three or so, you can pull any individual moment out of them and just be mesmerized by it. Even if like, okay, yeah, maybe the, the experience of it, the whole piece didn't quite work for you. Yeah, but I also wanted to bring up Inherent Vice because I just learned, of course, after the fact that we talked to, to Brian O'Connell, the director of Bloodsucking Bastards, who's going to be on next week's episode. That one of the actresses in that movie, Yvette Yates, was in uh, Inherent Vice. So, um, oh wow, yeah, we're making connections here,
1: sharing that DNA. Yeah, we're working. <laughs> we're slowly working our way up to yes. to our final episode, which is us uh, interviewing P. T. Anderson
0: for six hours.
1: It's going to be an incredible event. So just get ready for that. Yeah. He knows about it, we know about it. Trust me. It's
0: happening. Yeah, we're not saying when it's going to happen. It could it, right, be, no, no. Yeah, it could be a while from now.
1: <laughs> right. It could drop tomorrow. Yeah. Be ready for it. Check our website incessantly. <laughs> I would also want to point out at filmstage.com where we got some of this information. There's a video they've embedded called 360 Behind the Scenes, where Johnny Greenwood is rehearsing with the London Contemporary Orchestra. They're rehearsing the score for There Will Be Blood, which they're going to apparently perform live. It's kind of an incredible video, and we will post a link to that so people can, can check that out.
0: I definitely need to watch that. I was a big fan of the music that he's done, specifically for There Will Be Blood. I I still think it's crummy that he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for that score because of some weird stipulation because some of it was already pre-recorded, I think, or (sighs) pre-written at least before the movie. See, now that's
1: something, and and I I need to go back and watch this again because I need to figure out why this has stuck with me so much aside from the fact that it's like a bunch of geniuses making a movie. <laughs> but like the op- the opening shot of There Will Be Blood is basically just a gigantic rock face with this like droning score coming in on it and yet mm-hmm. I haven't forgotten that opening shot. Yeah. Like at all. Like I still think about how that opened and I just and then I think about why do I keep thinking about how that opened? But I do.
0: Well, I think, you know, if P.T. Anderson is going to be in our last episode, or in our second-to-last episode, we got to get James Franco, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, by then we'll have already watched all of his movies. Yeah, yeah.
0: and, you know, again, we talked about Child of God. Um, I sent you a link to a trailer, which I don't know if you had a chance uh, to check I it did. out. Okay, great. Yeah, But, yeah, he's he's got another movie coming out, of course, that he's directed. I, I don't think he did the screenwriting duties this time, so he at least took a break on that, and he stars in— this is an, an adaptation— of the John Steinbeck novel, um, In Dubious Battle. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the real basic synopsis is sort of about a, a labor uprising uh, among migrant Apple workers, I think, in, in the 30s in California. Mm-hmm. That's about as Steinbeckian as you get, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, man, what a great cast he's got here. Vincent D'Onofrio, Selena Gomez is in there, Robert Duvall, Brian Cranston, Ed Harris, Josh Hutcherson. Uh, Sam Shepard, Scott Hayes who we appreciated quite a bit from Child of God is in there yeah. Zach Braff is in there yeah I didn't just, see him
1: in the trailer I kept looking for him
0: but I didn't notice Scott Hayes in the trailer either but um, no. you know this trailer it's definitely not bad and like you're seeing again his eye develop like right in front of us you know <laughs> I feel like I mean there's some beautiful shots in that trailer I think specifically yeah. of like that train moving and that smoke billowing out of It it's just a nice overhead angle yeah I will say I'm a bit on the fence about some of the accents going on in this movie and some of the dialogue uh, delivery. That you know, and it's it's the stupidest (laughs) thing to say in the world because what do I possibly know about how people talked in the 30s other than what I've seen in movies? When I watch this, sometimes I'm like, I don't. This doesn't feel like people in the 30s talking to me. You know, (laughs) even well, it's like it's like when
1: James Franco steps off the train, he's like, YOLO, Spring Break. (laughs) No, I mean, it spirit, right? <laughs> yeah, be uh, Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, it looks, it looks good. It looks like a step up from Child of God. Which oh, was certainly a in budget. Yeah. Own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly in budget. For me, the trailer was totally fantastic up until the point where you kind of see, uh, you know, these guys are talking about basically going and starting some shit with yeah. the owners who are treating the workers horribly mm-hmm. and things are still good after that. But I don't know if you kind of felt it too. It just it just felt like the air was kind of being let out as we went along. There, I don't know if it was the music or something. Like it felt like such a good buildup, and then all I kind of wanted to see were just like some people punching faces, yeah, and something the explosion, like that, you know, that, yeah, and, and then get out of there. But still, I mean, it it's it feels like a timely story, yeah, and it it looks pretty good. So I'll, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that turns out.
0: I agree. So I think what we're trying to say is once again. Don't sleep on Franco as a director. There's Mm-mm. definitely some talent out there. I feel like this will end up on streaming probably sooner rather than later this year because these movies are tough sells in in theaters, sure. you know, unless they just come out of the gate with really strong critical yeah. uh, reaction. So, uh we'll keep you posted on that. Hopefully it'll pop up online somewhere we can we can all watch it.
1: How long before you think he's nominated for an Oscar
0: for directing? Yeah. It's tough to say. I, I think, you know, it's it's going to be the right material. I, I think it, it really sure. will come down to that. I mean, I feel like the skill set is probably already there. Um, yeah. And obviously, I, I mean, actors must love the guy because look at the people yeah. he's pulling. The real question maybe was, will it be for a movie that he himself is in? Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't help but watching that trailer a little bit wondering if if he pulled himself out of this equation, would there be would you just react differently to it, you know? Which right. is, I don't know, fair or unfair, but look, you know, he's a, he's a movie star, and I like him a lot as an actor, so... Indeed. Uh, let's talk in one more trailer, and we're going to say this because we've got another guest coming on who uh, we've already recorded the episode, and he immediately said, like, oh, I should have mentioned this as a movie I'm excited about for the year. We won't spoil who mm-hmm. it is just yet, but uh, it's the Beauty and the Beast live-action reboot starring... Miss Emma Watson from Harry Potter fame, of course, mm-hmm. as Belle, and I don't know, I'm I'm completely on board with this movie, I gotta say. Yeah. You know, I, I knew of Beauty and the Beast as the Disney movie that got nominated for Best Picture. I never right. remember seeing it at that time. I didn't oh, right. really start watching it again until, you know, I had a kid, and my daughter loves that movie, and... You know, i recently, we got the Blu-ray or whatever, and that thing, it looks fantastic, that movie. It's a beautifully animated movie. Yeah. And the songs are great. The characters are funny. And it's pretty good. And, of course, you know, I think any time this story is being retold, which it has been told eight million times now... It's a tale uh, as old as time. It's a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. And the question Hmm. is, how good is the Beast? So... What do right. you? What, I mean, I feel like that's the that's where you draw the line, right? Um, is yeah. how much do you believe that character? Uh, right. What are you feeling on that front? Watching this trailer,
1: I think it'll. It, it looks good. It's cast well. This was, you know, a, a, at the time when this came out, this was my probably my favorite one of these movies. Like all these movies, you know, had pretty good storytelling, good voice casting, pretty funny stuff going on. Yeah. I always think of like this. This Little Mermaid, Lion King, and Aladdin for some reason are kind of all grouped together in my memory, and this one was Feels just like it, yeah. to me it was sort of the funniest and the most interesting one of those for me. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, yeah. I, I think you're right; it's gonna it is gonna depend how engaging that Beast can be. I feel like you don't get a lot of Beast in the trailer. Like, there's not, I mean, it, yeah, no. like seeing seeing uh, dialogue scenes play out over minutes. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it's an animal, and somehow animals sort of fare better with the whole uncanny valley thing than, yeah, than human beings do. So I, I, I'm sure my kids are gonna love it, and I, uh, yeah, it, it looks good. It certainly, judging by this trailer, certainly looks like they have gone just scene by scene through the animated movie. Oh my and, gosh! And yeah, it. and and I, like, and I kind of was thinking they might not do that, but they, yeah, it looks like like everything seems to be represented. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, from what I can tell, they're using the exact same music, which I think is, is really yeah. smart. I, I do think, you know, it's like the, the eyes of the Beast look a little, mm-hmm. like that's where I'm like, you know, yeah, I got to see it in scene to really get a feel for the, for that. Or to just, I guess, get over noticing that, you know. So yes. I can tell you one thing, Craig. What's that? It's going to make a lot of money.
1: <laughs> it might.
0: I feel safe they're- in predicting that.
1: There's a chance.
0: Well, let's talk... Uh, I don't want to say the wrong... Um, let's say aging badasses okay. for a 2nd oh, we got two okay. pieces of news here. So it looks like Mel Gibson may step back into uh, some some comedy work in front of the camera. And it's, it's being reported that he may join the sequel to the uh, Mark Wahlberg Will Ferrell movie Daddy's Home. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it looks like he and John Lithgow are both coming aboard. So I'm guessing maybe he will play... Wahlberg's father perhaps uh although i don't think it's said in this article that
1: seems most likely though
0: yeah i haven't seen daddy's home i heard someone told me very recently that they thought it was really really funny i was like really i I wasn't quite sold by those trailers and uh so maybe i should check it out but i gotta say like just this news like kind of makes me more excited and see (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and seeing this sequel than I, then I would have been without it you know? it's an interesting choice so I was reading this story also about Liam Neeson the other aging badass so I guess like he's gonna be in another thriller which that in itself is the least surprising thing you'll probably no. hear this week but it's a remake of a movie and it's a Norwegian movie and let me I just I wanna read you the Norwegian title okay okay In Order of Disappearance you like that title?
1: Wait a second! Oh, it's a remake of "An Order of Disappearance."
0: Yes, so that was uh, that was what it was translated to in Norwegian. Okay,
1: right? Do you I you like I did, that? I did. I've seen that title. I, I do kind of like that
0: title. I like that title too. Right? That feels yeah. like a good thriller title. Yeah. So, but the remake—it's right now the title is "Hard Powder," which yeah. to me is—I <laughs> know it just that feels like the most American thing in the world. It's like the. Uh, how do we make this more extreme? <laughs> how hard? do we
1: make snow exciting?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because the character is a snowplow driver. So that, but, and then there's a drug connection. So they were like, well, this is perfect. Right. It's like a powder, but it's hard powder. The cocaine. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. And the worst thing is it kind of
1: brings to mind that movie Powder from back in the day, which it, had yep really terrible sort of child molestation thing happening in the background. Yeah. So, yeah, none of that was good. But what were you saying?
0: Well, I'm saying there's, they're going to do a sequel to Powder, and Liam Neeson is going to play Powder's dad. So <laughs> this is all connected.
1: I see. I didn't get Okay, yes. That makes more sense.
0: <laughs> no. Um, you know, titles are hard, so there's mm-hmm. that. And you know what? I'm sure this will play right into Liam Neeson's like target audience right now. Um, yeah. you know, that first trailer comes out. It's like, oh, holy shit, Hard Powder looks awesome. <laughs> we'll yeah. be eating crow. But um, until then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll watch any, any action movie that Liam Neeson is in. I will watch, and I have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I love it. I, I really, I honestly hope he never stops making action movies, and, and I don't care if he's ninety. Like, I yeah, just, I hope they find a way. They got, they got, you know, CGI can make it happen.
0: Sure, anyway. no problem, no problem. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think um, we would maybe be doing a disservice if we don't at least mention the Oscars a little bit because uh, the nominations sure. came out since last time we talked, and then I don't know how exactly it's going to line up for us to talk about the actual show at some point. We will, of course, that's airing February twenty sixth. But I thought we—I just real quickly wanted to, to do the, just the Best Picture nominees because you and I were mm-hmm. talking a little bit about trying to think if there was something that got snubbed or whatnot. Uh, So we got La La Land, Arrival, Lion, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Moonlight, Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea, Fences. Mm -hmm. I've seen a grand total of three of those. (laughs) I've seen an even grander total of zero. I wanted to bring up a movie that you and I talked about that I think did get snubbed, Craig. Well, and what movie is that? That movie is The Witch. Damn it. And here's a question. Yeah. The Witch is sitting right now on Rotten Tomatoes with a score of 91%. Mm -mm. Critics loved that movie. Sure. They loved it in February. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't it get nominated? I mean, and like, what has to happen for a horror movie to get nominated again.
1: Well, first of all, you know what's—I don't know what was the last "quote unquote" horror movie that was nominated for anything? Silence of the Lambs,
0: Six Sense, maybe.
1: Six, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that's not really horror, you know.
1: But but it's a, it's it's a good example anyway. Where whereas yeah. I mean, the witch the witch did not make a huge splash in any specific. Like there aren't there isn't like that that performance that everyone's doing impersonations of and there's not that gigantic box office that we couldn't believe and then it came out in february and there didn't seem to be a huge push for it so yeah i mean i I can kind of see how it would it would fall to the wayside but i would have loved to see it because because looking at this you know i was thinking man you got like good indie movie you got some you got a war movie you got sci-fi in there you've got a musical it's like what is this missing yeah aside from I don't know, a straight out comedy, which maybe La La Land is. I, I feel like La La is not a comedy.
0: No, it's it's definitely not a straight out comedy. I have seen that one. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, those are the two things I would like to see nominated soon with my name on them, is a comedy and a horror. I mean, we we have 10 best pictures now. Come on.
0: I know, and like that's again like they only used 9 of those uh possible slots. So, I think in that sense, yeah, it is kind of disappointing. Yeah. You know, it's just like what you couldn't come up with one more. I mean, I still haven't seen Loving, but people seem to really like that. Same with 20th yeah. Century. I've heard 20th Century Women is is terrific. And um, right. you know, looking at this, I, yeah, I got to sit down and watch Hell and Her- Hell or High Water for great things. Obviously, that's the writer of Sicario. You know, there's some pedigree there. Mm-hmm. That's made 27 million at the box office. The Witch made 25 million. So I, I think you know that maybe is a more apt comparison of, of the other nominees maybe as sure. far as like, okay, this is a smaller movie. Yeah, you got some bigger name actors in there, but got good response on the indie circuit. You know, it's it's a genre pick. It looks like a crime story kind of thing. And sure. uh, here it is sitting with a the beautiful Best Picture nominee. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel bad for The Witch. I think it should have been in there. It would have got my vote um, based on what I I've agree. seen. And I think uh, of the stuff I've seen so far, I'm, I'm rooting for Moonlight. It's, it's hard not to root for that movie, and uh, i got to watch some of the other ones.
1: <laughs> hey, well, off the top of your head, is there a comedy you saw last year that you could have seen as a best picture? The closest I come to a comedy uh, that I actually saw was Deadpool, and I guess I don't see that really getting nominated.
0: Yeah, well, it did It did on the Golden Globe side, and I know there were people that were, were really pushing for it. Um, yeah. I still got to see that. I will say maybe The Little Lobster could have slotted in there. I mean, that's a very specific type of comedy. Sure. I certainly laughed, though, and, and I think it got nominated for Best Screenplay, though. So, kudos to them. Yeah. But yeah, it may be a while before there's another just out-and-out comedy, or even something that, that leans as heavily comedic as, say, Annie Hall. Um, yeah. or horror so yeah I guess we just we need to we have work to do on on. <laughs> we really on, do on, on the writing side yeah yeah well Craig that that's pretty much all I have I did want to say a quick thanks to everybody that watched Red Oaks um, yeah we're doing a third season which is great news and that will be the last one which is kind of sad news but I think that we're going to wrap it all up in a very cool way, and yeah, if you haven't yet listened to the episode with Joe and Jimmy, where we talked about heaven, heaven help us, um, he's one of the showrunners of Red Oaks, and that was a that was a blast as well. Check that one out, and uh, yeah, keep it coming. I'll let you know when season three is is going to drop.
1: Yeah, man, it's a bummer to hear it's going to come to an end, but uh, looking forward to those new shows.
0: Well, that's uh, that's it for this time. We will be back next time. Again, we got Brian O'Connell on. We are talking about a movie mm-hmm. called Bad Milo and that is streaming on Netflix and I feel like that's all I want to tell you yes you know go
1: and watch it and after you start it
0: <laughs> don't stop it if nothing else go seek out the poster that's, that's yeah, a good oh, one yeah oh please yeah but that'll be fun and come back for that and uh, until then we'll catch you where we catch you probably in our in our mitts
1: mm-hmm. keep those mitts full <laughs> and keep those teeth clean. Sean and Craig out. Peace. Right. Gotta keep them teeth clean.